You are listening to Just Truth with Apostle Dwayne on the Just Truth Network. Black America, I believe that you can have it all. Financial success, community stability, an enjoyable life, and more than enough money in the bank. If you know biblical success principles and tactics based on truth. Welcome to Just Truth with Apostle Dwayne on the Just Truth Podcast Network. My name is Apostle Dwayne Hughes. You may not realize this, but God is at war with all lies and every liar. On this show, I will share truth from the Word of God that exposes and destroys the lies and stereotypes that oppress black Americans and manipulate Christians while revealing wisdom to liberate you into the wonderful purposes he has for you and for your life. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done, or where you're at right now. God wants to partner with you and help you in your situation. So why not open your mind to consider what I have to say in the next 60 minutes? You may hear something that could revolutionize the entire course of your life. You got nothing to lose. So let's begin. Good morning. Welcome to um, Just Truth with Apostle Dwayne. Uh, my name is Apostle Dwayne Hughes. Uh, today is Thursday, June 23rd. And uh, today is the fourth broadcast of uh, my new um, show. Uh, and I just want to thank for those who, or I just want to thank those who have been tuning in uh, to, you know, for, for the broadcast. Um, you know, this is brand new for me. Um, and, you know, I'm finally beginning to move in this platform uh, that the Father's given me and the reasons that he's doing it and whatnot and the timing uh you know it's all according to his plan and so in today's broadcast <clears throat> if you've seen some of the past few broadcasts i've been kind of laying the groundwork for what my ministry is and what uh, god has called me to say and do and why and um and so the, the the most important thing in any person's life is to one find God. Because if you don't do that, none of the rest of what you do means anything. It has absolutely no value. You can be the wealthiest person in the world. And when you check out of this body, eventually you're going to go before the most high God. And when you leave this body, you're going to leave what the same thing you brought into this world, nothing. And there are eternal rewards or eternal punishment that you will reap on the other side based on what happens here. And so my assignment and the assignment of every person, every minister who's called by the most high God is to tell you about that impending judgment, tell you about that impending time of of, of facing your creator. And so 
what you need in order to be able to determine what you do in this life is you need truth. You need a trusted source to give you information that you can use to make decisions. And then from those decisions, you know, out comes the rest of your life. And so it doesn't really matter what you do on in this life that doesn't work for you in eternity because this life passes just like like that it's it's, it's a quick flash uh when you're young when you're young you think that you have you're invincible you think oh i've got all the time in the world and and time just seems to move slow when you're a kid i remember when i was a, a in grade school i would sit there throughout the day and waiting for like two o'clock, you know, it's like, you know, we didn't get started till like nine and I'm, I'm waiting for two. That's 10, 11, 12, one, two, that's five hours. It seemed like an eternity, but once you become an adult and you're in the workforce, man, if you could get off at two, you'd be like skipping home. You'd be skipping to work and skipping home. You know, I mean, just when you're a child, the, 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 the time just seems like it's so much and and you have so much that you want to do and whatnot. But as you become older, you the time shrinks because you have so many responsibilities and and everything. And and before you look up, next thing you know, 10 years has passed and then 20 and then 30 and then 40 and then 50. Now, you know, I um, and then you go into something or, or you're in some place and you hear somebody say, hey, old school. And you look around and everybody's looking at you. That's happened to me a couple of times, you know, and you're just like, man, I'm I'm the old school guy now. I'm the old cat in the room, you know. And so. Um, and so what you realize as you get older is that the time is fleeting. And so what I'm getting ready to say or what I'm saying right now, some people who are who are young, you're not really going to be able to relate to it fully. But when I tell you this life is like that. It is. It's just like that compared to eternity. This is not even a drop in the bucket. You know, eternity is a place where there is really no time. There's no the whole thing of aging. Like like uh, as people. We age, you, you, you start out as an infant and then you reach uh, an age of maturity. And, and according to the Bible, you're not really fully matured until you hit age 30. At age 30, you are fully matured. And then from there, it's all downhill. You know, 30 is your prime. Okay. And um, and so what happens is we get to that level and then we want to stay there, but you can't. You can't. The time just keeps marching along. And then you, as you begin to age and deteriorate, things that your body used to do in your subconscious, like you didn't have to tell yourself to work out to get to stay in shape or to get some muscular uh, fitness to your body. But you're, and that's because in the subconscious and you're in, in, in your, and not the things that you actually think about just as little subconscious programs that are running in your brain, your body saying, build muscle, get taller, lengthen bones, all these things. There's a program running, but after a certain age, the program shuts off. And then you start to notice, man, it's starting to get hard to get up out of these cars. You know, I used to sell cars for a long time. 
And I would always get older people come in and they and and they would say, you know, I need to get something higher because getting in and out of the car, the cars are too low. The cars didn't change. The height of the cars, the height of the seats, they didn't change. What happened is you got out of shape. And because of the sedentary lifestyle, a lot of us lead, you go to work, you sit down, you come home, you sit down. The only time you're up and moving is when you're doing something. You get up to go cook. You get up to cut the yard. You get up to, to do something. And then the rest of the time you're sitting. We sit in the car on the way to and from places. We sit in the house. We sit in the bed. We sit. We, you know, and so because you're not actually building, running, jumping, climbing and and doing active things, your body is in a sedentary mode and it starts to deteriorate. And as you lose muscle. Without, if you don't have a lot of muscle, standing up becomes hard. When you got a lot of muscle, standing up is easy. And so without even realizing that you got old and you didn't maintain the muscle, and now it's hard to get in and out of these cars. The reason I'm making this point is there's a lot of life that happens when you're not thinking about it. It's, it's we're so focused on being busy doing one thing or the next that that focus doesn't allow us to see other things that are still in the same picture you know you didn't just overnight couldn't get in and out of cars that happened slowly you didn't uh just overnight start to gain weight that happened slowly an ounce a day an ounce a day that's uh what's that that's 30 ounces a month, that's a pound and a half almost. You do that uh, a pound and a half times a year, that's 18 pounds. You know, and, and again, I don't mean to equate everything to like weight and working out. I'm just trying to use some analogies to explain that while time is happening, while life is happening, while we're going to jobs and paying bills and raising kids and all this other stuff, that time is being quantified. God is asking what did they do with that time? He's going to assess you when you die for what did you do with that time? And because a lot of people get so focused on getting and having and doing and all these other things that we don't really understand a lot of times that the investment, that that time, what that that we didn't really make an eternal investment for that time. And so what ministers are called to do is to point out to you, don't neglect the time. Tomorrow is not promised. Make sure you know God today. Learn what he means when he talks about judgment. What does he judge on? What is sin? All these things are very important. And if you take those things out of someone's life, now they're open to doing a lot of things that God doesn't want them to do, that when they go before him, they're going to get judged for. And so the, the, the focus of someone who's called to minister is to, as an emissary of God, in the role that he has assigned to you, is for you to make that known to people while at the same time 
doing the best that you can to not violate the very things you're telling them God's going to judge for. And so the simple thing is that as a minister, you're called to hear from God, to abide by his word, to live it, and then go tell other people about it. Okay. And so that is the simple um, explanation of what ministry is. That's a very simple boiling it down, just summarizing you, telling you what ministry is. Ministry is pointing people to God, is pointing people to, to God and letting them know that God is going to judge them. Even if they don't do nothing, we have been born into sin and we're therefore soiled. We're spotted. We're, we're unrighteous. We're unholy. We're unclean. But he has made a way for you to be clean. And that way that he made for you to be clean is through his son. And so his son, um, Jesus came into the earth. He left heaven. He was already Jesus in heaven. He left heaven and he came to earth. And then he lived a life, a perfect life that God requires and he offers that to, to take your penalty. You get the penalty and he gives you his righteousness. Why would you not make that deal? Why would you not make that trade? And the, what he tells us to do to make that decision is to, is to verbally say that, one, we believe he is who the Bible says he is. That he is the son of God. That he is God. Now, that's a little hard for people to understand. That's a more complex thing, but it's really simple. Either you accept it or you don't. You got Father, Son, Holy Spirit, triune God, the Godhead. It's all throughout the scripture. You got people who get distracted off onto little things because, you know, the devil is very good at that. And he appeals to them in their pride and their sense of thinking that they need to know more and and be uplifted in themselves so so that so that they can be led astray. I'm going to tell you, the first thing that to, to kill somebody is their pride. The scripture says pride goes before the fall. And, and so anyway, and, and all you have to do is agree with that, that Jesus is who he said he would, is, that he came into the earth, that he died for you, and that he gave his life for you so that you could have a better option. And that he was raised from the dead bodily, that he never saw corruption, that he, you know, and that he is alive right now at the right hand of the Father, waiting for you to come home. That's it. Why would we not take that deal? Well, a lot of people won't take that deal because there's some requirements that go with that. You can't live the way you want to. You gotta, you know, he's gotta be Lord and Savior over your life. You know, you know, like he said, if you if anyone would come after me and be my disciple, he must first deny himself, then take up his cross and then follow me. OK. And so as a minister, my job is to tell people who don't want to hear that, who like their sin, who like doing things, going to the strip club and and other stuff. And I can tell you, I mean, a lot of things appeal to the flesh. You know, I'm, I'm a red blooded man. I mean, a lot of the same things that appeal to anybody would appeal to me. But I know that if I uh, allow myself 
to go into places like that, it will destroy me. It will destroy my call. It'll destroy my life. It'll ruin my testimony. There's a lot of things that we have to turn away from on a daily basis. Okay. And so, but we all face temptation. And so now, and so the, the problem a lot of times is that people don't want to receive the truth. And that's why this ministry, God has told me, you know, in my heart, he, the, the assignment, he getting just truth, just truth, just truth. I'm, I, when I talk to you, I'm just going to give you truth. And it's going to, and, and, and the, in the word of God, it says that it cuts the speaker and the hearer. There's none of us who are righteous in and of ourselves. And so in this ministry, my job is to just give you truth. Well, the fact of the matter is that's the call of every minister. Every person who's been called by the true and living God has one assignment. And it's to uh, be faithful. And part of that being faithful is to give people truth. Okay. And so um, it's very important that anyone who is endeavoring to minister for God, that you make sure that you are humble, that we make sure we are humble, that we make sure we are accountable, that we make sure that we're repentant. And that's a daily thing. You know, you never know when you're going to sin. You never know when you're going to say the wrong thing to somebody or do the wrong thing. I mean, there's, you know, we're always, always being tempted. But, you know, a work of outwork of righteousness is as you go along, you get to the point where you understand the temptations and they become less. You're able to uh, to 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 as as the Holy Spirit's changing your heart. Okay, um, uh, to where you might you might used to love chocolate cake. Now you hate it. You know, I mean, it's it's when he turns your heart from desiring those things to desiring something better. Okay, so that's true ministry. Now in the in the Bible, God has given in the church because the church age is now. You got apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That that's the ministry. Now you got a lot of little helps ministries and amongst that and things, but, but that's, those are the offices that have been assigned until he comes back. Okay. And if we go to uh, Ephesians chapter four, you know, you can see what the, um, the design of the church is. And then when you read the book of Acts, you can see them living it out. And so um, we're going to do, I'm going to go into that deeper when I go into the Bible study show. On, in Bible study with Apostle Dwayne, we're going to actually get in the scripture and I'm going to show you this is what the Bible says. Now, part of what I want to talk about today or what I am going to talk about today. So I've talked to you about what true ministry is. Well, there's something that is fake. So if true ministry is leading people to Christ and giving them the word and helping them to um, to uh, get in contact with the Most High God and, and, and order their life correctly. And, you know, that's that's one thing. But then you've got some other things that are being done that is not true ministry. Now, one of the things that, that I personally, you know, um, 
don't do. And um, a lot of in, in our community, in the black community, is, is a common thing is, is hooping. Hooping, well, you know, and all this other stuff, you know, and there's these traditions that are that are part of the black church, uh, you know, that that we have that a lot of people hold on to and whatnot. And this is it's this way that the 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 pastors talked, you know, this this kind of a, a it's almost like a um, like an accent. And 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 I grew up outside of all that. I grew up outside of any of that. I, 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 I you know, I I've been in a lot of churches and seen that. But but I didn't grow up in that being that, I you know, I was essentially I don't, we only went to church a little bit when I was a kid. But God still called me. And when I began to learn to minister. It was as I, I just thought that every Christian. Ministered, I mean, really, I didn't think that every Christian I, I, I used to think for a long time that I was just just a regular Christian. You know, uh, the person who's, you know, you go, everybody goes and you sit down and you listen to somebody, you listen to the pastor or the bishop or, the, you know, whoever, and, and, and you got them and you have everybody else. And one of the things that I found challenging was that a lot of times God was telling me to do more than just go and listen. I didn't realize that he had called me until years later when he had showed me, man, I had called you all the time, but he, you know, God reveals things to you in stages now. But the point is that a lot of times we would go places and we were praying, Oh God, please, please let there be a word today. Please don't let me get the family together. I mean, everybody, the whole family is like, Oh God, we hope this, that we're not just going to go to this place and and not hear from god today and we would go and man there was this one church we were in and man it was it was, you know um and or there was just one assembly okay now there are a lot of buildings that say church on them church of this church of that church of science so you got all kinds of crazy things and they put the term church on it okay just because you put church on it doesn't mean it's actually the church the the church that jesus died for okay uh just because someone says my title is minister doesn't mean that that's someone who's been called and assigned by god you've got a lot of people who have a degree but no anointing the 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 anointing of god is not earned it's given and and it's only given to those whom he approves and those who he approves are those that he has chosen and those that he has chosen are the ones who repent who who uh hear his voice who love him more than they love their own life and so that is the basic believer and from the basic believer from there he chooses those who uh have a higher ministry but every basic believer is actually a minister. Every basic believer is a minister, according to the scripture. Because when you read in, uh, let's say in Matthew, in the end of Matthew, right before Jesus is taken up, he said, um, all power and authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples 
teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And these signs shall follow those who believe. They shall baptize in my name. They shall speak in other tongues. They shall take up deadly serpents. There's, there's a number of things. Now, everybody's not going to do all of that. But the, but the bottom line is, this is a disciple. Every, every believer has to first become a disciple. And from the disciples come the ministers. And so if someone has not had a conversion where they went from just being a dying person in this world to becoming a live disciple, that person, if they don't even have that qualification, how can they be called to be a minister? That's like picking a team captain for, let's say you want to pick your baseball team captain. He has to first be a player on the team. You can't pick someone who's in the audience to be the team captain. The team captain has to be someone who is a player on the team. And to be a player on the team, you know, when you're kids, they have age brackets. You got to, and, and you know, there's things that you have to do to be on that team. You know, as you become adult, it's the same thing. And, you know, you can't just walk up and, and just go into the field and start to play. You have to be a member of the team. And you can't pick a team captain from someone who's not. And likewise, every minister, true ministry is people who are, are saved who have turned their life over to the most high God. And, and they've stepped, they've decided that even if they get persecuted to their death, they're going to love God. That's what happened in the early church. The early church was a bunch of people who were just sold out for God and they made a big impact on the world. Now, because that focus is not the same, the church has very little impact. We retreat to safe spaces you know, we, we got these safe little spaces where we can go and be be Christians and, and so to, so we can, you know, let leave the world alone and, and, and that they can be OK to do whatever they want to do. And, and that's why, because people are so afraid. And that's why the world and this country even is starting to look the way it does. Now, this country has always had trouble. Every nation has. But. There were some things that that to a degree could move the, the country that, that they were all that as a as a as a majority, let's say uh, they believed in God, uh, even though people had issues like slavery and racism and gross hypocrisy and those forms of things. Uh, persecution. Even now, when we see like what happened, you know, the you know, the, the lining behind Trump and 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 January 6th, a lot of these people call themselves Christians. And so God, they're going to be judged. OK, God is not a respecter of person. And and, uh, you know, he's not when you die, he's not going to say, well, well, you're a good American. That's not on this. That's not one of his measurements as to whether or not you're going to get into heaven. You know, a lot of this cultural thing that people do think you're a Christian because you live in a certain country or or, or you're from a, a certain uh, ethnic group or or whatever means nothing. God has no respect for any of that. Either you are a, uh, a disciple of Christ or you're not. OK. And so anyway. Um, you have. This group of people in, in order to be the captain, you have to be on the team. OK. You know, and, and so. 
And so that's the first requirement. But you got a lot of people nowadays who are not saved in pulpits. God has a problem for that. They're, they're going to be judged. I, I met a man um, not long ago who told me that he got ordained and just married somebody. And, and I was at work. Okay. And it just, you know, it just, it just bristled inside of me. I couldn't, I couldn't, I said, wait a minute. I said, you, um, so you called by God to be a minister? He goes, well, I, I can't really say that. You know, I, I, you know, I go to church, I've you know, been to church and whatnot. I said, so, so you, you married someone? And, and he goes, yeah. I said, you married someone. You took the authority as a minister and married someone. And, and you, you got a, you went and just got an ordination and married somebody. And it, and, and, and it was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help but say it. But when I said it, I saw something happen. Here, this guy who was, you know, pretty self-assured and arrogant, the Holy Spirit came through and 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 right then, no, no, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm, man, I shouldn't, man, I'm never gonna do that again. I'm never gonna do that again. Now, you know. That was one of the managers on my job, you know, and. Um, but this is my call. This is serious to me. It's life and death. And if you don't have the ability. To risk. Um, what you have. Because God told you to say something or do something, you're not on the team. See, when you're on the team, you got to be willing to go to practice. When you go to practice, you got to do the workouts. You know, and and all these things are required of a disciple. You know, Jesus, these men hung out with Jesus and not just men, men and women. You know, there was there was hundreds of disciples. There was the 12 apostles, but there was hundreds of disciples at the time when Jesus was doing his earthly ministry and, uh, and, and, and these people were inconvenienced. They were inconvenient. It was an inconvenience to take away, to leave your old life, to do what this man was telling you to do. Okay. And so likewise, it's no different for us today. We have to be willing to leave our old life, if that's what's required, if that's what God says, hey, you, Johnny, Johnny Q25, go do this, then you do that. That's part of being on the team. OK. And so ministers are called to minister regardless of the cost. Now. Um, and, and they're serious about it. They're serious about it. And so. One of the things I was talking about hooping, I can't see Jesus hooping. I can't um, I can't see him doing that. There's a lot of things I can't see him doing. That's why I don't do it. 
And so many times we've got all these traditions built up that mean nothing. Your tradition means nothing. If it's not in the scripture, don't do it. Don't add to the scripture. Don't take anything from it. This, that's what the scripture says. And that's why you need truth because you need, you need a, 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 you need something for your faith to rest on. And God is all about truth. He is at war with every lie. Now, I talk to people quite a bit. <laughs> and one of the, the major things that just really gets under my skin is you've got these people, these um, present day Judaizers. So in the Bible, uh, um, up until the time of the coming of Christ, you know, uh, in Israel's history, he told them to operate a certain way. But then once Jesus came on the scene and fulfilled all the law, then he institute what we now have as the ecclesia. It's the called out ones. It's the church. And so the old model, the first model that he gave Israel up until the time the Messiah came was the, the system, the Levitical priesthood system where people couldn't individually approach God. You had to go through a Levite who was the priest and the Levites were a, a, a group of, of, of Israel, people of Israel. There were the descendants of Levi, one of the sons of, 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 um, of Jacob who became Israel. Okay. And they were all the descendants of Levi and you had to be a descendant of Levi to be a priest. And you had to be a descendant of Aaron, who was a descendant of Levi to be the high priest. And only the high priest could do certain roles and um, and one of them was to go into the Holy of Holies and 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 see God. And so um, and they had to the people had to because we sin, you know, every you know, you had to, the people had to make a sin offering, you know. And so something innocent, an animal, they would have to offer an innocent animal in the place of a person who had done something morally wrong. And the only reason the animals could be the sacrifice for the sinless person is because the animal was sinless. And so, excuse me. And so they had to, you had to go to the Levites, excuse me, to, to, to minister. Well, that, that was the old system. That was the old system in that God was separate from man. And he had a mediator. He had mediators in the earth, but they could only be certain people. But once Christ uh, offered himself up for all of us, then God broke down the barrier between him and man. And at Pentecost, which is something that was 50 days after Jesus's uh, resurrection, um, he he was. The Holy Spirit then you know, who would only be in the Holy of Holies. Now the Holy Spirit was come into the inside of people. And that is a revolutionary thing. That was a completely new thing. Okay. And that new thing started with Jesus because his ministry was not like anything that had come before it. You know, he was, you know, the miraculous, you know, he did all the things that the prophets had done before 
raising the dead and all these things. But when he walked on water and when he uh, took the two fish and the five loaves and fed the masses, you know, there were things that, that were part of his ministry when he was casting out demons. That is real. It's funny. People don't think that that's real, but they go watch all these horror movies. Or you hear him say, man, that person's got demons. We 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 have a, a, a disconnect between what we know in the spirit and what we are willing to believe in, in our just our regular mind. But anyway, and so everything that Jesus did was different. It was new. It was new. And then he not only said he didn't only do it, but then he gave his disciples the ability to do the same things. You know, and then he even said, don't marvel at the miracles that I do. Greater miracles shall you do in my name. Now, that part hasn't happened yet. That was talking about a future generation when they're going to do greater miracles, that greater works generation. It's coming. Okay, so there's a group of disciples who are going to be in a time when that's going to be necessary just to live. Okay, and so. Um, but when he started doing his ministry, it was completely radical, completely different. And then he handed that off to his followers afterwards. And so uh, that is how the church was born. The church is the ecclesia. It's the people who've been called out of the world. And they are indwelled by the Holy Spirit of God. And they're doing this ministry that he has given us to do. That is not like what the ministry was that uh, Israel had up until the time of the coming of Christ. And so from there forward, we have a new thing. That's the foundation of it is the old thing. But it's a quantum leap forward from the old thing to this new thing that was the church, that is the church. And so one of the problems that the early church had was there was these people who had were so ingrained in the old thing that they couldn't do the new thing. And they kept trying to drag everyone back to the old thing. It's like Henry Ford had this saying. He said, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have told me to build them a faster horse. Now, he's the guy who revolutionized uh, automobiles and making them in a mass assembly line so that everybody could have a car. Next thing you know, everybody's mobile. Henry Ford changed the world because now people had the ability to drive hundreds of miles in a day, where before they couldn't, the only way they could do that is by train. Or if they took a horse and buggy and that took a long time, you know, horses had to eat, they had to poop, you know, you got to, they got to sleep. I mean, you know, a car didn't have to do that. And so he, Henry Ford revolutionized travel. And, and that's because his vision was to do something that was a quantum leap forward. Okay. And likewise, the church was a quantum leap forward over the Levitical priesthood. But you have these Judaizers who want to drag people back into to the old thing. And, you know, and that's not they're not called. You're not called. God is not talking to you. 
God has to speak to you in order for you to minister. And a lot of times people who have not been called by God, they they go in, they get into the scripture and they try and figure stuff out. We already told you yesterday that it's locked. It's not you. It has to be open to you. It has to be revealed. OK, for instance. When I come to my house. To get in to get entry into the house, I have to turn the doorknob. But if the doorknob is locked, I have to have a key. I put the key into the lock, turn the lock to unlock it. Then I can turn the doorknob. I do the same thing for the deadbolt, turn that and I can get in. Right. That's just normal. You have to have a key to get into the door. But you got some other people who they'll show up to the lock and they've got tools to try and pick it and, 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 and get entry. You know, they've got, they've got, they don't have the key. They think they can make their own key. You know, they got tools, they got ways of breaking in. Well, the, the funny thing though, is you cannot do that with the scripture. God is too sophisticated, too smart. He's, he's, it's foolishness to think that you can open this book up and get your, your tools and pick it apart and, and think that you know what you're talking about. And that's where you get a lot of error. There's a lot of ministries now where they operate according to error because they were not called and it is not open to them. They, they create schisms, divisions, denominations they they create they create things that the early church didn't have when you read in the in the bible it talks about the church of rome the church of corinth the church of ephesus the church of um um you name it all the different places there there was one church now the people met house to house they met individually but they didn't consider themselves you know first baptist second baptist southern baptist Presbyterian, Episcopalian, you know, you see what I'm saying? There wasn't all these divisions, but now people, you know, come up. There's, there's thousands of denominations. There's thousands of denominations where people have divided up because of their particular schism, their particular little thing. And so, and so what people are very good at doing is finding reasons to separate. What we're very good at doing is finding reasons to be um, divided. But what we're not good at doing is humbling ourselves and, and, and getting right with God and laying aside our pride that is the foundation of the separations. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is because the Bible prophesies in the last days there's going to be a time of trouble. And what happens is when people uh, uh, encounter mass trouble, they forget about their differences. They forget about the minor things that, that, that we use to separate from someone else. When there's a national call to action, you're not thinking about my little particular bent or my little particular thing. And, and, Unfortunately, that's the kind of thing that has to happen in order for people to lay aside their selfishness, to lay aside their independence, to lay aside their 
being on the throne instead of God being on it. And for a lot of you listening to this message today, you may not hear anything I have to say until you have to be in a terrible place. And I know that that's how I came to God. And so I, I, I recognize that that's one of the tools that he uses. He uses trouble in someone's life. He, he'll put you in a situation where the only way you either something bad happens to you or you come to him. And, and he'll do that for someone who he is called. Okay. He'll shake you out of your, um, of your, of your pride. Uh, case in point, tornadoes. Have you ever noticed that or a tornado will come and hit a neighborhood? And let's say it hits your house and distributes, redistributes all your belongings over three counties. God has no problem sending a tornado to upset what you think is supposed to be the way you think it's supposed to be. He has no problem sending in something to redistribute all your stuff to where you got to go and start over again. He has no problem breaking you down. He has no problem uh, giving you a sickness. He is or in charge. He, he ordains things. I, I hear people a lot of times who don't know God or, or they have an infantile understanding of God. They say he allows. He allows this and that to happen. He ordains. He's in charge. He ordains. One day I was praying and I was talking to the Lord and I was telling him, man, you know, God, I, I was, it was just one of them times. Sometimes as a believer, you, you're just in the cut, you know, like um, like uh, Ice Cube had that song. Today is a good day. Sometimes you just in one of them good days. And. Um, and I was just in this cut, you know, everything was just was good. And and I was in this cut and I was just praying. I was thanking God and I was telling God I love him. And God, and he just dropped in my spirit. He said, why do you love me? And I thought about it and, and I started, and I was, you know, I was talking to him. I was like, well, you know, because of this. And every time I, I came up with something, I, I, you know, I had a second thought, well, what if that wasn't the case? Well, I still love him. Yeah. And then I realized after I got through all my list of reasons to love God, the only real reason to love God came to the top just because I love you just because I love you because you didn't have to do what you did for me. If you didn't, if you didn't do anything other than save me, you've done more than enough that there's nothing else that, that beyond that, that I should be able to ask for because you didn't have to do that. And so if, and Jesus said, he said, if you love me, if anything that in this life is more important to you than me, then you don't, you're not worthy of me. Okay. Because what will happen is the enemy will come and test you in that thing, whatever that thing is, you know, he'll, he'll test you in that and see if he can get you to turn from God because of that thing and on whatever that point is. And so the answer is have none. There's nothing that can happen in this life for me to not love God period. And so that's my decision. Now I'm telling you this because I want you to have truth. I want you to understand what the Bible says about what it means to be a disciple. I want you to understand that 
you need truth in order to be able to figure out the rest of this stuff. If you don't have truth, you're not going to figure it out. And, and you're supposed to, you're required to, to learn, to adapt, to grow, to pass the baton, to receive the baton and then pass it. Okay. And so as I'm explaining things to you, I'm not explaining to you anything that I hadn't learned. That God didn't reveal to me and expose to me and give me a way to re-explain it to someone else. That is the process. The process says you're going through your discipleship process, then you get the ability to disciple. But what I want to make sure that you understand the difference between is I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm reasoning with you. I'm giving you revelation and I'm taking you to the scripture and I'm relating it to things that you can understand. I'm taking these complex biblical principles and breaking them down so that you can hear it and perceive it and relate to it and understand it and, and, and apply it to your life. Now, this is what is necessary. This is ministry. This is ministry. But what we got to get away from are these traditions. What we got to get away from is the fake stuff. We got to get away from the things that God hates. And what God hates is he hates fake stuff. He hates fake people. Yes, God hates. It's in the scripture. He hates lies. He hates when people uh, uplift lying. He hates when people, uh, um, up, what do they do when they, he hates when people manipulate justice. When people turn a blind eye because the person who is, let's say, facing a charge because I know them or they're my relative or they got some money. He hates that. And what people don't understand is you can get away with things up to a certain point on this side. But once you get, once you leave this side, then you have to face the king. And yes, he allows things ordains good and bad happens here because he's given us free will. We have the ability to choose. And and it's not the ability to choose that determines who God is. God is who he is. And sometimes good things happen to bad people. And sometimes bad things happen to good people. That doesn't take away from the fact that he is still God. And even if you're a good person in your perspective and bad things have happened to you, nothing you have that has happened to you has been completely undeserved. But what happened to Jesus is undeserved. He was righteous. He was holy, spotless, blemishless. He didn't do anything to anybody. He didn't deserve to go to the cross. He volunteered to do that for you and for me because he was making a way for you. This is what true ministry is. OK, now. Um, let me explain. I'm going to explain a couple more things and I only have a short period of time left. And and I, I want to try and get this done as, as quick as possible. Um, I, I want to talk about this thing with, with Jesus. 
Okay. So imagine you have a child, those of you who don't have a child, and this is a perfect kid, a perfect kid, never did anything to anybody. And they always, you know, like, you know, they're just good. You know, even when other kids are trying to tempt them to do stuff, they say, no, nah, I don't want to do that because of my dad, or I don't want to do that because of my mom. And, and they say, oh, you're a goody too, or, or you're a mama's boy or daddy's girl or daddy's boy or daddy's girl, whatever, or mama's girl. And, and, but the kid, they, they, they hold to that anyway, because they want to honor you and just be right and, and do good. And let's say this good kid of yours sees someone who's bad, a bad kid, you know, just someone who's just bad. And, uh, and that bad person is playing in the street. And then your kid says, Hey, there's a bus coming. And that bad kid's like, nah, nah, who are you talking to me? Goody too. And, 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 and I'm going to dance for here in the street, whether a bus comes or not. And then, and then the bus gets closer and your kid says, Hey, the bus is getting closer. And, and, and the back is nah, 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 I'm still out, stay out here and I'm dancing through traffic and whatnot. And so, and, and your good kid keeps calling to him, keeps calling to him and calling to him, calling to him. And the bus is, bus is getting closer. The bus is getting closer. Finally, right before the bus gets there, your good kid jumps out into the road and dives and pushes them out of the way. And so what happens is the bad kid, they fall down and they might have gotten bruised or whatever, and but they stand up and they're okay. But then they look back and they see your good kid. Your good kid got hit by that bus. Your good kid got run over by that bus. Your good kid's blood is right there on that ground. Now, let's say you're the parent and you see your child just jumped in the way to make a way for that person. That would hurt your heart because you love your child. But your child did that to save that person. That's what Jesus did for us. He jumped in the way and took that hit and his blood was spilled for us. But then let's say you come by the next day and you see that same kid dancing in that same street on that same spot on top of that blood. Would you have any pity, any mercy on that child, on that person? Let's say it's not a kid. Let's say it's an adult. Let's say it's an old person. Would you have any mercy on them here? Your child has done this for them to make a way for them, but they're going to still stay there and keep doing the exact same thing your child died to save them from. Well, the reason I'm explaining to you this to you is that's way, the way God looks at it. He didn't have to make a way for us, but he did. And the way that he made was through the death of his son. And we don't have to take that payment, but we're still going to be required of it because we're dancing on that blood. And if you, in uh, listening to this message, don't understand what I'm saying, or you don't want to agree. Just know that you're still going to be held accountable because the opportunity, someone had to die to give you away. And and uh, and the reason that, that for that is because God has a rule. He said the wages of sin is death. That's a rule. That's a law of his, just like gravity. The wages of sin is death. And also another one of his laws is, is appointed to man once to die and then afterwards the destruction. So when you die, you're going to be judged. But now God can't be righteous and violate his own word. 
when you die, you got to be judged. When you die, you know, uh, because you sin, you have to, you, the penalty is death. And there is no forgiveness. There's no forgiveness. Not without that penalty being paid. And so he paid for it himself. Somebody had to pay the penalty, so he paid it himself to make a way for you. Okay. And so that's, that's, this is what ministry is. I'm, I'm making known to you a, a benefit and a consequence of decisions where God is concerned. Okay. And, and this is important. This is important. It's, it's, you know, this is what ministry is at its base level. Now there's higher levels of ministry. There's leading ministries. There's, there's having people, you know, um, uh, that, that are under your care, uh, who, who follow what you say, you know, or, or at least follow you in following God and whatnot. And then there's levels of that. There's, there's all kinds of different things in ministry that God does, but, but the bottom line is this, it's just, it's, it's, it's this or an extension of what I'm saying. Okay. Um, that's true ministry. That's true service to the most high God. Okay. Now, uh, there's something that, uh, I've been meaning to cover and I'm not going to be able to cover it today, but tomorrow I'm going to talk about some of the things that come along with the church, uh, and some changes that were made, uh, specifically, I'm going to go back and talk about the Levitical priesthood and, and, and money because money is a very big problem with Christianity right now. You got a lot of ministries and ministers or people who call themselves such who who see this is nothing more than a way to, to fatten their pockets, that the fear of death is a good way to get money out of people. Just like, you know, when someone's got cancer, they'll pay whatever they got to. You know, those 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 uh, high level surgeons, they get a lot of money out of people when they're about to die or or have something like that happen. Well, likewise, you got a lot of people who, who are very skilled at using the, the Bible to get money out of people. And at the same time, you've got ministries that are that are that are struggling, that that are trying to do the will of God, that don't have the resources because people's minds are not right concerning money. And so what I'm going to do tomorrow is I'm going to talk about giving and tithing. And I'm also going to talk a little bit more about the design of the church uh, originally. Uh, the 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 way Jesus made it. All these denominations and things that you see right now, none of that stuff was there. That was the way the early church did it. None of it. Not the buildings. Nothing. Nothing. The early church was a community of believers, and 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 they were led by God. And 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 now I'm not saying that none of these things have a place or that God doesn't want any of that. But the, but but. What we see now should not trump the original model. The original model is the model. And 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 so tomorrow I'm going to talk about that. Um, the original model and, and and money and all these other things, just so that you can have a right understanding, because God wants you to have the money that you need to manage your own life. And some of you are 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 giving above what you should and it's hurting your life. And then there's some of and, and some of those same people, the people that you're giving to when you need because you put yourself in a bind because you gave too much, then they'll turn around and say, nah, 
you should have managed your money better. You know, that's that's not right. And God has a problem with that. They're going to be judged. But the judgment that you receive in a lot of times is because you weren't wise in what you did, you know. And so uh, there has to be balance here. And so tomorrow, that's what my message is going to be. I'm going to be talking about uh, these things with, with money and stuff like that, because what you need is the truth. You know, in the times that are coming, you have to be able to function. And you got to be able to take the resources that you have now to solidify your life because you have to be able to function. You got to be able to 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 pay your bills and you got to be able to to raise your kids and and prepare for your retirement and your death. You know, you got to prepare for funerals, you know, and you got to have an inheritance to bring on to, to pass on. So your kids aren't starting out broke like you did. One of the worst things is happening in our community is a generational multi-generational being broke. And some of it's because of the systems that have been set up in this country that take advantage of us. But some of it also is that we're not doing the right thing because we have the power to act. OK, and so what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, I'm going to talk about some things concerning uh, money and ministry. But um, but I also I have a, a um, so today I finally gotten a lot of the things I need to get done done. And so uh, today. I'm going to uh, go back and catch up all those messages that I was that I need to load up to my podcast and um, to, you know, to my network. Um, but uh, so so those will be live. Some of them are already live. You know, uh, like, for instance, these messages that I've been doing all week uh, are live on my Just Truth podcast channel. Uh, Just Truth with Apostle Dwayne. And um and so what I'm going to do is uh, tomorrow I'll be posting the links to the different podcasts and whatnot. And hopefully I'll have the website up by tomorrow so you can get to my different podcasts there, too. Um, <clears throat> but those of you who are listening on Facebook, some of you are listening on YouTube, uh, some of you uh, may be listening on Twitter, uh, please respond. Um I had someone yesterday uh, respond, you know, uh, with the question I get a lot is, you know, are there, you know, any such thing as as apostles? Are apostles supposed to be around and 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 whatnot? And and so I just gave him a little response. Um, you know, I showed him the scripture. You know, uh, a lot of times you get a lot of people who have these uh, different doctrines. Either they got it from a Judaizer or they got it from whoever, and they got these little things in their head that they think things they they have they have things that they think but it's not actually based on what god is saying it's based on someone's misunderstanding or something someone added or took away from the scripture but but yeah so i get that asked that question quite a bit always knock that down that's really simple but you know the bottom line god called me he told me that's what my that's what my assignment is so so that's what i'm doing you know um you don't have to receive it you know just go on do do something else but but the bottom line is uh as a believer that's what we're assigned to do we're we're assigned to hear god and then just do what he says but um but if you you know as you're watching these messages please you know comment comment like subscribe you know um and uh and and you know i can't i'm not gonna say I'm, i respond to everything but i try you know to to the ones that that need a response um and and again, thank you again for joining Just Truth. I've gone over a couple minutes over, 
But uh, I just want to thank you for joining me in these messages. And I pray that they're uh, that the truth and, and, and what I'm saying is ministering to you and helping you to get balanced and be grounded in how you need to operate in your own life, you know, because that is what you are responsible for. And so uh, with that being said, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. Please join us again tomorrow for another insightful episode of Just Truth with Apostle Dwayne.